a fire on the mountain burning out of control. The sky is set ablaze in all its red and gold. The temperature's rising and the wind is blowing hot. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. Welcome to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, where you can find us archived for your binge listening pleasure. And we're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life with the Birches by calling. 224-9111. Well, folks, happy springtime today. I am joined by a guest that we're going to be able to uh, talk with for the entire program because the irrepressible Chris Ryan has abandoned the ship. He's somewhere else, lost in the cyberspace. We don't know where he is, but at some point he'll return and He'd probably say to me, Hodes, you know, just do the show yourself. You can rant endlessly for 15 minutes. You don't need me anyway. I'm just a potted plant. I, of course, would never say that to Chris Ryan because he's more than a potted plant. He's 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 actually a, a an entire weeping willow. But we'll save that for another day because I am joined by the ever-fashionable, the man about town, Concord's latest counselor at large, um, who's not wearing a bow tie today, I can tell you for radio, Mr. Byron Champlin. Welcome to Off the Record, Byron. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for joining me here in this chilly spring weather that passes for spring, spring in New Hampshire. I hear that you've had bears in your neighborhood already. Spring has sprung and the bird feeders are mangled. The, uh, I mean, we've had, we've had, we've got, uh, must be gaggles of bears in our neighborhood, not to mention the turkeys and the deer uh, and the wild koi dogs and everybody else. But I think it's the bears that are bending the bird feeders and taking them apart. <laughs> I think they're, they're hungry. They've woken up and they're hungry. They're probably, they're probably out looking for presidential candidates. I, I keep telling my wife to beware that they might end up on Rumford Street. But. They, they, they probably will end up on Rumford Street and everywhere else. And we have three very juicy bird feeders out. So. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's, now's a da- it's a dangerous time in, in the world of bird feeders. So let's talk for a minute about local, local stuff. I sure. want to we'll, – we'll, we'll spend the show. We'll, we'll talk about local, local issues. We're, we're sitting in our beautiful – posh Main Street studios here at Concord Photo Service, whom we, we thank. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity. It's, these studios are wonderful, folks, and if you're ever passing by, you can knock on the window and you know, wave to us like we were, like we were in a zoo. It, it's not quite, but we get to see the passing parade. And you know, if I'm reflecting back about my golly, maybe 35 years here in Concord and uh, thinking back to where where we were as a city then and where we are now, I've got to say that things are really looking up here in Concord. You know? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I mean, the main street is is gorgeous. There are 
uh, new restaurants. There are shops that come in to replace the shops that close. It's um, got a sense of vitality. There's housing happening. And one of the truly great things that's happening is that the Capital Center for the Arts, which both you and I have had a lot of history with, uh, is working on opening a brand new venue in the former Concord Theater. This is correct. The Bank of New Hampshire stage. The Bank of New Hampshire stage, with uh, with great with gratitude to the Bank of New Hampshire for stepping up with a major gift for which uh, the stage is named. And you know, I'm sure there are some of the folks uh, who are listening who are listening locally who remember the Concord Theater in its <laughs> old in its old days. I mean, I remember coming to Concord in the '70s and. Walking into that theater, uh, of course, there were the two sisters. The Cantons. Who, the Cantons, yeah. who, who ran the theater. The popcorn appeared to be from 1932, uh, so it had only been there for 40 years. Um, one of the Cantons who took the tickets, uh, one of the sisters, um, was sight impaired, mm-hmm. and it appeared that she was using Braille to to take your money and 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 deliver the tickets, um, and and the theater back then was was quite a wreck. Um, it was uh, it it was freezing in in the winter. Um, uh, I don't remember venturing in during the summer, uh, but you know I mean it was it was a it was a it was a really awful place. The the it seats seen better days. The yeah. the seats were terrible. Yeah. The place was just it it felt like something at the end 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 of a rope. And my dear friend Van McLeod and I often talked about gee what just imagine if we could uh, figure out a way to buy and renovate this theater. What a jewel for downtown it could be. What a great place it could be. We'd we'd muse. Indeed. You know, we'd say, yeah. gee, if uh, they weren't, you know, we couldn't get uh, movies anymore there, why we could do um, music and concerts and all kinds of things. And, of course, that never that never came to pass. But now the Capital Center is working on opening, and I'm already getting notices about events that are coming to the Bank of New Hampshire stage. I already stage. have tickets for four shows. I have the tickets for the June 22nd opening night. Oh, man, I better, I guess I better get my tickets because that's not something I want to miss. Right. Well, you know, I mean, the thing that I think people have to get their heads around is that this is going to initially, anyway, be a four-night-a-week venue. This is not going to be a show one day and then a week later another show it's really going to be a four night a week uh, a four night a week venue thursday through sundays with live music <clears throat> excuse me in a club type atmosphere which is just going to be phenomenal uh they have room uh when the uh seats are pulled back from the main floor uh to have with general admission standing and some balcony seats to have room for i think about 450 people which is going to be just a, a great venue, a great north of Boston venue for emerging artists and uh, and indie bands, uh, which I'm really excited about. And I know you are too. Yeah, I I mean you know that's that's kind of right right in my my wheelhouse. Yeah. I'm you know here's a plug my indie band. I, I front a band called Calamity Jane. And even though we're old and a little retro, um, we make pretty good sounds. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to be playing at Area 23 on 
uh, April 13th. So I'm hoping folks come on out to uh, see a great indie band, Calamity Jane, Area 23. But just imagine being able to play uh, original music mm-hmm. um, with and hear original music from emerging artists right here in downtown Concord. And as you say, not just every every once in a while, but on a on a on a regular schedule. It it really puts a completely different twist on what will be available in downtown Concord on any given Absolutely. on any given night. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of uh, music venues already <laughs> between the Capitol Center and the programming that they now schedule in the Chubb Theater main stage, <clears throat> and other venues like Panucci's Area Twenty Three. Uh, you know, Tandy's and and, and Hermanos. So Hermanos. I, I I knew I was going to forget somebody. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, and uh, uh, True Brew, on right, Bicentennial Square. But this is going to be really even more of a of, of a club. I mean, there will be a uh, not that everybody has to imbibe, but there will be a liquor license. There will be f- some light food. Uh, they're also, as you know, I think, up on the second floor where the Canton sisters used to have their residence. Uh, there's going to be a, a bar, as I said, plus a small performing stage for pre-show and after-show entertainment. So it's really going to be a, a very, I think, a very hopping place uh, yeah. for downtown Concord. And it's going to answer that question, what is there to do in Concord? And particularly, what is there for young people to do? And those who are young at heart, like you and me. Yeah, right. Well, young at heart will, will have to be it. I just celebrated a frightening a frightening birthday, and I look in the mirror and I say, hmm, you know, can I still rock and roll? But, you know, I have to tell you, in term, as a musician, uh, one of the wonderful things about being a musician and playing music is uh, you can play music your whole life, and mm-hmm. you can enjoy music your mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. your whole life. Last night, um, Pego and I and some friends went out to the Audi, and we saw just a phenomenal, phenomenal concert with National Endowment of the Arts jazz master Dave Liebman, mm-hmm. a sax player on soprano and uh, tenor sax, uh, playing with a pianist named Mark Copeland, and it was it was a stunning it was a stunning performance um and frankly it's the kind of performance that if if the um uh, cca and the bank of new hampshire stage want to program some jazz as well as indie bands it'd be a really good place to introduce young audiences and old audiences and everybody else mm-hmm. to uh what's happening in the jazz world because yeah. currently it's really uh you know that we used to have the the purple pit yeah um that was a jazz venue right now hermanos is basically the only venue that's yeah. really offering any jazz and and you know, it is it is the indigenous American form of music, and it really ought to be uh, well represented. And I'd say that, you know, if you have a house like the Bank of New Hampshire stage that seats 250, say, for seated, mm-hmm. um, that would be a really good venue to start bringing some jazz performers that Boston – uh, is filled with really extraordinary performers who uh, are looking for places to play. Yeah. Well, I think the thing I like about indie music, and the reason I, I've, I've drifted in that direction, is is that it really, in many instances, combines a variety of, of genres. And uh, you know, there are some uh, indie groups who who really bleed into, very clearly bleed into the jazz uh, uh, genre. Uh, and and kind of do interesting things with it because I think the, I think one of the ongoing debates about jazz is is jazz atrophied kind of like classical music where you have standards that you do 
uh, or is it still a living, breathing uh, music form? I mean, as you know, when jazz was gaining in popularity, it was the club music. It was the dance music. I mean, Duke Ellington, you know, and his band, his, his orchestra, his jazz orchestra, as he termed it, you know, played to young people who were dancing and having a good time and going out for the evening. Not a bunch of people sitting around primly in seats and, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, listening to serious, I'm putting air quotes here for the radio audience, serious music. Um, you know, Soul Mond, uh, which is a jazz-infused indie group, is actually uh, scheduled for uh, the bank uh, uh, sometime during the coming year. I have tickets. I can't remember exactly what day it is or what month it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is going to be some jazz-oriented programming, I think, that's going to be appearing in that genre. Now, that just, venue. I mean, listen to this conversation. Let's just pause for a second and think about it. You've said, I don't remember when I have the tickets, so I have the tickets, but they're coming. I mean, that is a really exciting um uh, you know, moment of forgetfulness. It's really exciting <laughs> to say, yeah, I know all this great stuff is coming. There's so much happening that I can't even remember when, but I know I'm I'm going to be there. And yeah. the the journey to, to make this happen has been pretty fascinating. And it's also ongoing. I mean, the CCA yeah. um, uh, folks, if uh, for those of you who may not remember way back in the dusty, dim days of time, a quarter century ago, uh, the Capitol Center for the Arts was was a dream that was an impossible dream. People said it simply couldn't happen, not here in Concord. We, we can't have an arts center. And sure enough, the community rallied and it got itself together and we raised the dough and we got it open in 1990. Six, I think it was. Um, we then had another campaign and and created uh, the Capitol Center as we know it now. Mm-hmm. And 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 now here we are, a quarter of a century, twenty years, twenty years later. We're not only opening a new venue, we're also got to replace a lot of the systems at the Capitol Center true. that were put in um, when it first opened. And the air conditioning and the heating and the lighting and uh, the ceiling and the chandeliers and, you know, all of that needs constant, constant repair. So the CCA is in a constant state of reaching out to the community. And there have been many, many generous contributors who've stepped up to help uh, make all this all this happen. Indeed. Yeah, I, I think one of the most exciting things to me uh, about this, uh, what we're talking about here, Paul, is, uh, and as you know, I just re- re- rejoined the, the board, um, is that now the Capital Center is more of an umbrella organization that runs two stages. There's the Chubb Theater, which nobody really thinks of as the Chubb Theater, but that's the main stage. And now there's the Bank of New Hampshire stage, which I have a feeling is going to be shortened to the bank. Uh, but because that's a mouthful, although we do very much appreciate Bank of New Hampshire's leadership gift. Um, but, uh, you know, think of that sense of gr- that that growth as well, that the CCA is now more than just one place. It's now the organization that runs a couple of venues here in the city. We're talking with Byron Champlin about 
what's going on in Concord, New Hampshire. We've been talking about the new Bank of New Hampshire stage that the Capital Center for the Arts will be opening soon. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXL, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. Don't go away. We'll be back with more Off the Record after this. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXL AM and FM, streaming live at nhtalkradio.com. Archived there for your binge listening pleasure. We're also now a podcast on Google and Stitcher and iTunes, so uh, you can't get away from off the record. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. I'm joined by... My special guest and dear friend, Byron Champlin, we've been talking about uh, goings-on downtown Concord with the Capital Center for the Arts, opening a second venue, the Bank of New Hampshire stage in what was the Concord Theater. The Bank of New Hampshire stage is going to be a flexible space, able to seat between 200 and 450 people when folks are standing and having a mosh pit. It's going to have a fabulous bar on the second floor overlooking the stage. Uh, the bleacher seats can roll back and forth at the press of a button. It's going to have state-of-the-art lighting and sound and be a venue that is going to be Lively and alive uh, four nights a week with music uh, of all kinds, but especially emerging artists and indie music and jazz-fused indie music and a whole range of really fun stuff that I think is going to change the face of Concord. Because Concord, let's face it, is a place where in the evenings people seem to go home. I mean, it's one of those capital cities where there are a lot of people working uh, but uh, it kind of empties out at night. And I think this could change that dynamic for Concord. Um, and that's especially important in attracting and keeping young people here and attracting and keeping new businesses. Because yeah. from my standpoint, I think arts and culture are a key, not the only key, but one of the really big keys to economic uh, vitality for downtowns uh, and um, for economic revitalization. We, I think we proved that when the Capital Center for the Arts opened. Uh, we, of course, were followed um, with the Concord Community Music School, which uh, had, had been there and is a very important venue for classical and, and jazz mm -hmm. uh, and all kinds of education. We now have the, the, um, uh, the Simchick Theaters um, at Red River Red Theaters. River Theaters yeah. um, in, the, in the Simchick building, we have new buildings that have gone up across from and in the south end of Concord. And when we started talking about the Capital Center for the Arts and the opportunities it presented, one of the things we said was, if we build the Capital Center for the Arts, you're going to see a renaissance uh, in the town and a renaissance, uh, especially in the South End. And I remember for years when we were pitching 
the Capital Center for the Arts, going to living room after living room and saying, I want you to imagine that when we open the Capital Center for the Arts, across from the Capital Center, just think of what we could have. We could have a hotel. We could have a movie theater. We could have new restaurants. We could have new office space. We could have all kinds of things. And sure enough, it took a while, but Gibson's and True Brew have opened. The Hotel Concord is now in the south end of town, a the fabulous Le- new boutique hotel. Yeah, the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen headquarters is across the street from the Capitol Center. Yeah. And I can tell you that we came within a hair's breadth of having them move to Henniker. No, you know, it, with due respect to Henniker, uh, but uh, we're very pleased that they stayed in Concord. And I think, you know, to your point, Paul, if you talk to the developers who uh, put up had put up the uh, buildings like the Smile Building, uh, Love Your Neighbor Building, the uh, Capital Commons where Red River Theaters is, I think they will tell you, and they've told me that a motivating factor for their investment was the Capital Center, was being in proximity to the Capital Center for the Arts. And I'm sure, and I know that the owners of the Hotel Concord are very pleased that now they're going to be across the street from an active, lively, uh, four-night-a-week music venue, uh, which uh, is going to generate, I'm sure, more business for them. And certainly that's the feeling that's been expressed to me. You know, it's funny. When you you think about... Um, marketing and branding, what a lot of folks who uh, live locally probably don't think about is the ways in which a city like Concord um, spends time and money and effort um, branding itself and thinking about how do we market this place? Because, you know, we as a a state, um, we'll put aside national challenges for a moment, but as a as a state, we face a real demographic challenge, and the demographic challenge is we're a pretty old state, mm-hmm. and guys like us who used to be young are getting older, and one of the challenges for any a state like ours is how do we uh, attract and keep young people? How do we attract and keep innovation and entrepreneurs how do we create the kinds of the kind of place that people want to come and live when young and raise their families and stay and and contribute um, and it's a it's a constant it's a it's a constant challenge and there are um, lots of great basic reasons that make Concord a terrific place to live and work where uh, a safe place. We're located centrally with lots of natural attractions. We're close to a major urban center in Boston. Uh, we've got, we're close to the mountains and the lakes, and we're close to the seacoast. Um, but Concord has not always been known as a lively city. Um, it has not always, and I'm 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 understating that uh, diplomatically. Well, we we were both here when it was a city in a coma, supposedly. It, it, it used to be a city in a coma, right. and and you know I I stood the, the way I got involved with the Capital Center for the Arts was I, I one summer night I uh, said hey there's a meeting at what was then Chubb Life mm-hmm. to uh, talk about renovating the Capitol Theater, and I had uh, played. I had performed at the Capitol Theater in 1986 with my band Pegasus, which was 
a pioneer in playing rock and roll for kids and families. And we had played the and, and, and the theater at the time was 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 in not great shape. I mean, it was uh, uh, famously Itzhak Perlman, the the famous violinist, had to be uh, lifted into the theater by a forklift because there was no handicap accessibility. On the loading dock. The right. loading dock. I mean, it was it was a it was a it was a mess, and it was very different than it was yeah. now. And anyway, so in 1990, uh, there had begun a community effort to to do something, and a study had been done, and I went went to the meeting and when asked for feedback i i i stood up and i said look uh this city is uh been called a city in a coma uh, the city needs a heartbeat the capital center you know if we can transform this old theater into an arts center a performing arts venue um we can uh, it will be a heartbeat for the city of concord and I'm, it, it makes me very emotional because I devoted a huge amount of my time and effort to, to helping that effort along with so many like you in this community who, who saw that vision and said, that's really, that's the future, we're going to go for it. And somehow we beat all the odds, we defied the naysayers, one of whom at the time, by the way, was the Concord Monitor, which was very skeptical hmm. about whether or not we could pull this off. Um, Mark Zborowski was a was a was a big part of the effort back then, galvanizing volunteers to paint the ceiling, and we got the place open, and then we kept on kept on going, and that kind of persistence and vision, I think, is one of the hallmarks of of what Concord, New Hampshire is all about. I think there's a real vision developing. You, you're on the city council. You've just been elected um, to a council seat at large. And I think that there is an emerging vision uh, for Concord that um, has a lot of promise for what's to come. I, I agree, Paul. I, I think that what we have to try to do as any community is get around our our sense of limitations and and focus on our our sense of potential, and what are the potentialities? What are the opportunities that we have? Uh, and um, I, I think that um, sometimes those of us who have been around a while, you know, we have a tendency to say, "Well, I don't know if we could do that. I don't know if that's possible." Um, it's when we kind of set that aside and 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 understand that almost anything is possible. Uh, that the possibilities are limitless for a city like Concord. Uh, that's when I think we really make progress. You know, you were mentioning before about you know how the, there's not much the the, the, the city kind of shut down in the shuts down in the evening. I, I have to respectfully disagree. I think that since the Main Street revamp, since we recreated uh, Main Street in downtown Concord. Um, I think that we have seen, I mean, I know I've been here on a Thursday night and, and, and it's been difficult to find a place to park because the restaurants are active and some of the music venues are going at that time. And so you really going into the evening, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, uh, there are a lot of people downtown. The other thing is that the city's policy, which I came in at the beginning of, the city's policy to encourage upper story uh, residential development has really started to pay off in spades. We have more people living in downtown Concord. Uh, we have, and that means that they just walk out their door and down the street, whether they want to get a cup of coffee or they want to go to a restaurant or they want to go to a music 
event uh, of any kind. They're right here. They don't have to get in, you know, start up the engine and drive anywhere. I think we need to focus next probably on how do we spread that through other parts of the city. Now, of course, not every residential neighborhood wants to, you know, have a music venue and they don't need to, but we have certain neighborhood centers, you know, we have Pentecook Village, which really has incredible potential. A lot of the same uh, infrastructure uh, that downtown uh, Main Street Concord has, uh, you know, a wonderful sense of community, a wonderful sense of tradition, some very proud residents. Uh, you know, what can we do to, 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 to jumpstart that and to get uh, the energy in Pentecook Village that we have in downtown Concord? Uh, what about the Heights? You know, I mean, the Heights uh, has a uh, kind of a highway going down the middle of it. But we have a new community center there. We can build on that. We have, again, there's a, 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 a very proud tradition there, some v- people who have lived there for a long, long time, and other people, same in, in Pentecook, other people who are newcomers, you know, who have just arrived and who uh, are starting to uh, gain that pride in the area. So, again, I think when we, when, we set aside, when we set aside the obstacles and set aside a sense of things we can't do and we start focusing on what we can do and realizing the potential we have, that's when I think really, things really start to hop. And that's what I think has happened in downtown Concord. Do you think that what's happened has been the result of vision and planning? Or do you think it's just happened and now we see what's happened and we're beginning to develop a vision? I think it's because of vision and planning. I think that there are people, I mean, you know, I'll go back to your your conversation earlier about the the genesis of the uh, Capital Center for the Arts. I mean, that was because people like you, not to compliment you too much, but you... Don't, please don't. And and others. Oh, no, 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 stop. (laughs) Stop, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but, But there were people who saw the potential in it in a wrecked old theater. Much as there are people who saw potential in the in the Concord Theater, which was a wrecked old theater, and and instead of saying you know this this has to be leveled and we have to redevelop it, they said well let's redevelop the historic bones that we have here and make something new and fresh and exciting. Right. Well, you know, and 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 partly, frankly, that was driven by money. Um, at the time, when we looked at the options for. Uh, developing an arts center, we looked at the what it would cost to build something mm-hmm. new, and having to erect, find the place and erect a structure was going to be many, many, many millions of dollars more than it was going to take to restore and transform. But that's the a value in imp- building. That's the value and importance of preservation. Right, is that it costs usually costs significantly less money to restore a historic structure than it does to tear it down and build anew. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the great things about Concord, one of the things is that it is a really gorgeous downtown. We have uh, historic buildings that have been here a a long time Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of history behind them. Um, And I know, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm looking out and looking around. I think that one of the one of the interesting things that's happened with the Main Street revitalization is uh, the the a strong beginning to bringing a cohesive sense of place to downtown. Not that you know you want every place to be a cookie cutter mm-hmm. of the place mm-hmm. next to it, mm-hmm. but the Main Street uh, revitalization has created a strong base for um, for. A, a a a 
a feeling and a look for downtown uh, that is pretty rare. Let's um, hold it there. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXL, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, and other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. We'll take a short break. Don't go away. We're talking to Byron Champlin about a vision for Concord, New Hampshire. We'll be back after this. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM, streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, where you can binge listen to your heart's content. Listen to our past shows. Listen to them one after the other. You can find us on Google and Stitcher and iTunes as a podcast because we're hip. We're now. It's the 21st century. And somehow through the digital magic of cyberspace, Uh, These tones go drifting off and are captured on your computer or even your phone. Don't hesitate to listen. Brought to you by the Birches at Concord, our great sponsor. We're talking to Byron Champlin. Byron is a music connoisseur, a member of the board of the Capitol Center for the Arts, and recently elected as a counselor at large on the Concord City Council. He's a man of vision and taste. That sounds like a Mick Jagger tune. Maybe it's a Mick Jagger line. Please allow me (laughs) to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Um, So we're talking about a vision for for Concord. Um, And you've been, you've talked in the the last segment about uh, the possibilities and the potential for uh, neighborhoods outside of the downtown um, where we've seen all kinds of 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 wonderful activity. Um, what do you think we do about a town like Concord, where I'm I'm looking uh, across, I'm looking down down the street here to the Stores Street uh, shops, and remembering that when I took up the 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 helm at the Capital Center for the Arts, um, uh, people came to me with tears in their eyes, talking about the incredible railroad station that occupied the place where uh, the store street development now sits and i'm not here to bash any development or developer but it was the 60s mm-hmm. and people had a very different approach to historic preservation and historic development and this this incredible multi-storied railroad station um, went by the boards. It came down. The railroad stopped. The shopping center went in, and the shopping center actually is uh, between downtown and the river. Mm-hmm. Um, and the river is an extraordinarily beautiful, beautiful river. Uh, people are. It's cleaned up. People are boating and canoeing on it. It's um, there are places for access all over. But it seems to me that with the uh, pressures of population. The challenges of highways 
the opportunities that may present themselves that 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 rediscovering the river is one place that there are possibilities now they're expensive it takes an awful lot of planning and consideration but i'm betting you may have some thoughts about the river and what it will what it might take to rediscover uh, yeah. that resource well, you know, I mean, for a long time, I, I, I described the river as our, our most underutilized resource in the city. Uh, there are other other communities and cities where the river, like you know, uh, Austin, uh, San Antonio, Texas, where the river is a, is an economic driver, even though it's a very small river in San Antonio. Um, you know, th- the challenge we have is the highway is not going to go away. Uh, we're going to be stuck with the highway. And this week, there was a meeting with the Department of Transportation, uh, a public meeting. Uh, that was unfortunately fairly lightly attended, uh, where uh, the uh, Department of Transportation proposed, made their proposals for the expansion of I-93, which the state wants to do to, so that people can move more freely uh, through the city. Um, but it's also a great opportunity for us to get people to get off the highway to visit the city, but also has a potential to get, get, gain us access to the river. Um, and we talked about a number of different options. Uh, and also we talked about the importance for consensus building. But the, the issue really is, and I agree with you, how do we get from downtown Concord to the river? There are some ways that we might do that. One of the ways is we might slightly depress the highway. We have to be very careful because I'm not, I understand, as most everybody else does, that being close to the river, you have to be conscious of the water table and all of that. But there's a possibility to slightly depress the highway to create something like a, a deck over the highway, over it there, uh, that uh, could possibly be a park. That's been done in Dallas. That's been done down in Boston with the Rose uh, Kennedy Greenway, uh, which they built over their depressed highway. Uh, and 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 by depressed, that, do you mean a tunnel? Uh, I don't mean a, a ta- tunnel. I just mean slightly lower it so that you can get something over it. And then we've also talked about the possibility of a bridge over the river, a pedestrian bridge for uh, walkers, uh, for uh, bicyclists that can get us over to the uh, east bank of the river, where the uh, city greenway trail committee is planning on basically a walking and bicycling path that can connect with the rail trails to the south of us and hopefully to a rail trail to the north of us, mm. which has a great deal of potential uh, for uh, uh, A, creating that kind of traffic going back, I mean pedestrian traffic going back and forth across the river, enjoying uh, uh, kind of that bucolic setting we have on the east side of the river, connecting with Terrell Park, which is going to be rehabbed by the city down by Manchester Street, and also, again, potentially connecting with a rail trail that goes all the way up to Lebanon, all the way down past uh, past Manchester, which has potential for tourism, because they, I'm, I understand that if you have 100 miles of rail, of rail trail, you get a, a great influence of people who want to bike or hike it on a long-term basis. I think there was a letter to the editor in the Monitor by a couple who had uh, taken the rail trail from up in Boscoin or up north of Boscoin all the way up to Lebanon, spent the night in Lebanon at a hotel, I'm sure ate dinner at a restaurant, and then got back on their bikes and came back down the next day. So multiply that by numerous people coming in from out of town. And for example, we talked about Pentecook. Well, isn't, wouldn't Pentecook be a great, where the rail trail would be going through, wouldn't that be a great place for people to stop and spend the night mm-hmm. uh, or have dinner, maybe stay in a and b stay in a small boutique restaurant, uh, a hotel, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So to me, you know, we are at a point right now in the, in the discussions around the design of that highway expansion to really 
take the bull by the horns, take the uh, this opportunity and make uh, changes that will allow us to get the maximum access to the river and the maximum downtown development to help uh, our, our, our citizens, our tourism, uh, and our tax base. So let me talk a little bit about that, and I'm, I, I, I hope I don't put you uncomfortably on the spot, but let me uh, share some of my thinking about tax base and business development and Concord and uh, what I see. I mean, um, I was recently, uh, I've been driving, doing a, driving around the state. I'm working with a presidential candidate and driving around the state all, all over. Um, Hanover, which has Dartmouth College, mm-hmm. um, is becoming in the whole Upper Valley area with a big hospital. Uh, and Dartmouth College is becoming kind of a northern tech hub. There are a lot of lot of innovation and entrepreneurship happening. I, when I was a congressman, I helped bring in um, what was then significant money to start a an incubator, an innovation incubator, in partnership with the Tuck School that that has really taken off and spun off a lot of businesses in uh, a very vital upper valley, and you've got a big university. Down in Manchester, you have the mills, and uh, you have the availability of kind of big loft space. Dean Kamen, of course, has been in the forefront of developing uh, tech, business, and science innovation down there. Uh, His latest is this multi, multi multi-billion dollar a partnership with the Department of Defense and other federal agencies on advanced prosthetic devices. It's just extraordinary. And of course, uh, there's a university um, down, you know, a couple of them yeah. down in the Manchester area. So you've got a, a university there. Um, we don't have a university in in Concord. We have the the technical the technical college, which mm-hmm. is a a fabulous uh, a fabulous resource how are we a city that wants to be known as an innovation city are we a city that wants to be an arts and culture city are we a city that wants to be a family friendly city are we a city that wants to be a tourism city it's off the record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM. We've been talking uh, with Byron Champlin for the entire show. It's been really terrific. Byron is a city councilor at large, member of the uh, board of the Capital Center for the Arts. He's not wearing a bow tie today. He looks very relaxed. We've had a great talk about the future of Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. Call 224-9111 and find out about the Birches. Don't go away. We'll be back to wrap up after this. Hi, this is Paul Hodes, and I want to talk to you about a truly inspirational place, the Birches at Concord. It's New Hampshire's first assisted living community for seniors, designed specifically for individuals living with dementia, Alzheimer's, or other forms of memory impairment. Please join us for a tour and celebrate life at the Birches. I know from experience that memory impairment weighs heavily on the individual affected, but also the loved ones surrounding them. Please call the Birches at Concord at 603-224-9111.
We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. Call 224-9111 and learn all about the Birches. Well, I was very pleased today to be able to spend the whole show with my good friend Byron Champlin talking about Concord's past, its present, and its future. Byron is a city councilor at large, and we talked about the emerging vision for Concord, New Hampshire, as a destination for young people, for all people, for families, an exciting place with the development of the Bank of New Hampshire stage by the Capital Center for the Arts, going to bring independent music to town all the nights of the week. Uh, what a great place we live in on this beautiful spring day. Well, that's it for me this week. It's Paul Hodes, off the record at WKXL, brought to you by our great sponsor, the Birches at Concord. Thanks to you all for listening. You can catch us on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can binge listen at nhtalkradio.com. And we'll be back next week with more Off the Record with Paul Hodes.